from NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey there, Donald Duck. Get a load of this bill. I'm Bill Curtis, and here's your host at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to Orlando magic superstar Aaron Gordon. But first, we came to Florida in the middle of yet another disputed election and recount. And you're proud, I understand. And I will tell you that we were worried, what if the story changes while we're talking about it? But we're confident that whenever you hear this show during the weekend, or a rerun in a few months, or in a few years, the election will still be screwed up. In fact, when the sun finally goes supernova billions of years from now, the last words uttered by the last human will be, we just found some new ballots in Broward County. Give us a call now while the Earth is still capable of sustaining life. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hey, Peter. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. Who's this? This is Steve Prostein in Milwaukee. Hey, how are things in Milwaukee? A beautiful city right there on the lake. Uh, cold. Yes. <laughs> what do you do there? Uh, mostly I'm packing right now. You're packing. Packing for where? Yeah. Uh, my wife and I decided we're going to move to New Zealand. You're going to move to New Zealand? Wow. Why, sure. why are you moving to New Zealand from Milwaukee? He's cold. Because? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems like fun. Yeah, you're just, you're just going to go? <laughs> well, Steve, welcome to the show. Let me introduce you to our panel. First up, the co-host of the new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, available now at MaximumFun.org. <laughs> Or wherever else you get your podcast, it's Adam Felber. Hey! Hey, Adam. Next, it's the storyteller and author of the memoir, The Clancy's of Queens. It's Tara Clancy. Hey! How are you, Steve? And finally, a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning and host of the Henry Ford's Innovation Nation Saturdays on CBS, Mo Rocca. Hi, Steve. I love your frozen custard. Thanks. We like it, too. Steve, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis, right now, is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show that you may choose on your voicemail. You ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Your first quote is from a White House official speaking anonymously this week. He's pissed at damn near everyone. Who was that person describing? Uh, the president? Yes, the president. <laughs> Ever since he realized the midterms are not, in fact, like golf, a low score is not good. <laughs> well, say hello to President Donald J. Grump. Yeah. Multiple sources say the president has, quote, retreated into a cocoon of bitterness and resentment, unquote, but don't worry, he will emerge a beautiful butterfly of bitterness and, and resentment. <laughs> Staff are trying everything to cheer him up. They arranged a surprise call from Putin. 
They even... <laughs> they, they even offered, the staff even offered to hide Jeff Sessions in a cake and then throw the cake away. <laughs> but nothing works. Trump is so depressed he's gone from doing nothing 12 hours a day to doing nothing 18 hours a day. Stepped it up. Yeah, I know. You know it was a really tough, I mean, it was just a tough week for the president. You feel sorry for him. His trip to France over the weekend was a disaster. Putin refused to paint him like one of his French girls. <laughs> And Trump blew off a visit to an American military ceremony because of the weather. No, it's, it's, it is a, a little weird that Donald Trump had a problem with just a little rain. He had no problem going in when it was stormy. <laughs> oh, man. You know, my grandfather actually fought in World War I. He did? He did. I know How'd he people do? People are surprised. Uh, people are surprised with the math, right? Um, but yeah. my, my, he had my father later in life, whatever. Uh, he died before I was born. But he, um, he had a, a wooden leg. He, like, lost his leg, you know? So my family in particular was, like, up in arms, you know, this week. Like, you know, my grandfather lost his leg. What? Um, which I know this, this would be a terribly tragic story for me to be sharing with you right now, um, except for the fact that one of my favorite family stories is that my father, when he was a kid, used to throw darts at the wooden leg. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, that's 100% true. Oh God, but if he nessed, yeah, right. so it must have been in the vicinity of the other leg. <laughs> did did, right. did so your grandfather time, mind this? You no, know, my grandfather was a great sport. He thought this was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Uh, my father would like hide in the other room. And this one time, I guess, you know, like a door-to-door -door salesman came to the house. And my father hides like in the corner and starts throwing the darts, right? <laughs> now the salesman is sitting there watching my grandfather have no reaction <laughs> with darts sticking right. out of his but leg, right? And the poor guy's like, you know, sweating bullets. And then my father missed and got him in the real leg. <laughs> <laughs> Salesman like almost fainted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa was like, ah! He could take it, but he couldn't take no more. <laughs> All right, Steve, here is your next quote. Take that welcome mat, roll it up, and send it back to Seattle. That was a state senator from Queens reacting to the news that New York will be one of two homes to whose new headquarters. Uh, that would be Amazon. It would be Amazon, you're right. Amazon decided to place its new headquarters in two forgotten cities that could really use the exposure, New York and Washington, D.C. New York City, by the way, this whole process has provided a master class in how to date, right? So during this whole thing, cities like Cleveland were all like, we yeah. love you, you're so pretty, we'll do anything to make you happy. And everybody in New York was like, oh, go away, nerd. So of course Amazon wanted New York. Yeah. They Res had to have it. Cleveland, respect yourself first. I know. <laughs> Pittsburgh is so needy. I know. And you can't well, you know, they're moving to Long Island City in New York. Have right. you been there? It's part of Queens, right? It's where Queens, it's yes. where Queens changes. It's the Long part of Queens that Queens doesn't even talk about. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Like, back me up, Queensland. Yeah, I mean, people think of Queens, they think Archie Bunker, they think Trump, they think, you know, Queens is the most diverse county in the entire United yes, States. Not anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's 134 languages spoken in Queens. Like, it's this wonderful place. Now the only is, language is yes. going to be HTML. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Boy, the way Jeff Bezos paid. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you heard... <laughs> 
People in New York are Songs not... Songs that cost 99 cents each. Right, something like that. <laughs> Gee, we love the overnight. <laughs> Those were the drones. <laughs> I have no idea where we went, but I'd like to come back. <laughs> Here, Stephen, is your last quote. I'm really enjoying the season finale of the UK. That was a man named Damien Sullivan on Twitter talking about the chaos in Britain over what? <laughs> oh yeah, Brexit. Brexit, yes. Uh, Brexit. Brexit. In June of 2016, the British people voted to leave uh. the European Union and that seemed like the most uh. destructive, <laughs> stupid, and uh. short-sighted election result the world had ever seen and was Brexit. for about four months. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's, it's the most boring story. It is not. It's important, it's but it's not, not it's very funny. Important. It's not brick-siding. It's not. <laughs> it's not, but continue. Just go on, go on. Finish the thing. I'll, I'll th thank you, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> They've been trying, you see, Mo. Let me see if I can get Mo interested. They've been trying to figure out how to Brexit. Since then, there seems to be no way of doing it without causing massive damage to the British economy, and worse, leaving them with nothing to eat but British cuisine. No, the future for Great Britain is just one huge, sad can of spotted dick. Well, all right, that's kind of interesting. I'll admit that. Um, does this I know, mean, Mo, I've does said this, this to you before, but you know we can hear your thoughts now. <laughs> does this mean that Britain needs to leave Epcot? That's an oh, interesting question. That question. makes it fun. Because as, as people may not know, Epcot has this pavilion of the world, and there's Great Britain, England, right there. Right. And will they, they have, have to leave, put up little they're walls? Not, they're not physically moving Britain. That, <laughs> oh, that would be much more interesting. That would be. That if they were to airlift that island to somewhere else. Like a wide load. You'd see it on the yeah. highway. Britain yeah. would be <laughs> That the actually, apparently, would be simpler than exiting the European Union under the terms that the British people uh, say they want. All right, Peter, we get it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Steve do in our quiz? Perfect score and a perfect gift. Going to New Zealand. Thank you so much for playing, Stephen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tara, targeted advertisements are getting smarter and smarter, and now companies are enlisting whom to sell you products and brands? Your parents. <laughs> That's I'm going to give it moment. to you, because yes. the answer is your friends and your family. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they're doing it. Yeah. That's terrible. So you've heard, we all know about Instagram influencers. They're like Kim Kardashian. They're paid a fortune to mention a product to their millions of followers. Well, meet nano-influencers, also known as your office buddy or your brother. Th th this is how it works. They give people free products in condition of them promoting it to their 5,000 or so Instagram. Look, I, 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 look, you might not like it, but I think that idea is as refreshing as a can of Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm suddenly thirsty. Yeah, and if you spill some, don't worry, because I brought some bounty with me. <laughs> the quicker picker upper. The idea is, of course, uh, I'm reaching six million people right now. <laughs> I'm just saying to the corporations of America, think about it. This is a demonstration that of is, my powers. There is nothing nano about that. No, no, no. <laughs> no. 
Coming up, our panelists tell you a bedtime story, a bedtime story filled with lies. It's our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me comes from Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is complete wireless protection for your home that can be self-installed in under an hour. There are no long-term contracts and no hidden fees. CNET, the wire cutter, and PC Mag have all named Simply Safe their top pick for home security. And Simply Safe products and Simply Safe protects over 2 million people every day. Learn more about Simply Safe and get 25% off any of their home security systems at simplysafe.com/wait. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Join me on NPR's Ask Me Another as we challenge contestants and celebrities to nerdy word games, music parodies, and ponderful trivia. Find us every week on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Tara Clancy, Mo Rocca, and Adam Felber. And here again is your host at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, this is Cameron Gill from South Carolina. Hey, how are things in South Carolina? We're actually under a freeze warning right now, oh believe it or not. Oh, my gosh. You need to get down here to Florida. What do you do there? I am a landscaper by day, and I have a two-year-old daughter, and I play men's roller derby. You do what? That's I play men's cool. roller derby. I didn't, first of all, I didn't know there was men's roller derby. But well, that's, you should be more informed. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not keeping up with the news. I apologize. So uh, what, what is the appeal out of all sports? What drew you to men's roller derby? I like to hit people. I guess I'm both glad you found an outlet and I'm glad you're on the phone. <laughs> It's nice to have you with us, Cameron. You're going to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What is the topic, Bill? Little Red Riding Hood was a lie. We learn so much from our fairy tales. Like Goldilocks taught us, you can totally get away with breaking and entering if you're a white chick. Yeah. This week, though, we learned that something a fairy tale taught us was not true. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice. Doing your voicemail. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. First, let's hear from Adam Felber. A new study from the University of Grenada has finally cleared the name of a much maligned historical figure. I'm talking, of course, about Pinocchio. It turns out that when you lie, your nose doesn't grow. It shrinks. According to lead scientist Dr. Emilio Gomez Milan, a new thermal imaging test for deceit is 10% more effective than a conventional polygraph. And what it shows is that when you lie, your forehead heats up by 2.7 degrees as you dream up your story, but at the same time, the anxiety caused by the lie makes the temperature of the tip of your nose drop by about 2.2 degrees, which confirms my long-standing suspicion that dogs are full of crap. <laughs> In any case, the upshot of this is that when you lie, your cool-down nose contracts and actually gets smaller, not bigger, a fact which not only exonerates Pinocchio, but also calls into question the veracity of many Hollywood actresses, Michael Jackson, and several girls I went to high school with. 
deviated septum indeed, Stacy. Dr. Gomez says that his new thermographic test may prove useful at police stations, airports, and of course the Oval Office. Because, he says, to paraphrase the Eagles, I thought by now you would suppose that there ain't no way to hide your lying nose. <laughs> It turns out Pinocchio was wrong. It turns out your nose shrinks when you lie, not grows. Your next story of a fairy tale, just, well, being a fairy tale, comes from Tara Clancy. A recent American study aimed at discovering whether certain demographics were more trusting than others has yielded surprising results. Not just men, but specifically bearded men, were by far the most likely to allow a stranger to enter their homes. We can't explain it, but I like to call it the three little pigs effect in reverse, says head researcher Philip Rosenstein. Turns out you can accurately predict someone's likelihood to let you in simply by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. <laughs> Actors playing political canvassers were dispatched to the doors of hundreds of homes to invite themselves in and observe the response. Men with bearded chins were three times as likely than any other group to grant admission. In fact, data indicates that the bushier the beard, the more welcoming its wearer. Rosenstein now hopes his fairy tale phenomena will spawn an interest in conducting further research. Quote, if the funding can be secured, I'd like to do a second study where we can control for building materials. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't know how many of these bearded men live in brick homes, let alone, you know, houses of sticks or straw. Despite what the three little pigs might tell you, it's the men with hair and their chinny-chin-chin chin that will, in fact, let you in. Very plausible. Your last story of a folktale being fake news comes from Mo Rocca. Ever since Hans Christian Andersen told the story of the princess and the pea, the pea has been maligned as a source of sleeplessness. Until now. Introducing Tempur-Pedic's Peas and Quiet Mattress. <laughs> Encased in a quilted cotton, each peas and quiet, it only comes in princess sized, is filled with 2,000 cans of peas mashed by hand. <laughs> mashed peas are a natural cooling material maintaining a temperature of about 67 degrees. With a near perfect density, the peas and quiet has been hailed as a kind of vitamin rich memory foam. The mattress should be rotated every six weeks and comes with a 75 year warranty, roughly the lifespan of a can of peas. Quote, I've never slept better, says early adopter Josie Sandler of Pinellas County. <laughs> I'm telling all my friends to give peas a chance. <laughs> all right, here are your choices. <laughs> so we found out that something we thought was true from a fairy tale isn't true. Was it from Adam Felber that your nose actually shrinks when you lie, contra Pinocchio? From Tara Clancy, men with hair in their chinny-chin-chins actually do let people in, unlike what we heard from the Three Little Pigs. Or from Mo Rocca giving the lie to the story of the princess and the pea, it turns out that canned crushed peas are wonderful to sleep on, a vitamin-rich memory foam. 
Which of these is the real story of a fairy tale debunked? Hmm. Well, I have a beard, and I'm not very nice. <laughs> and Adam's song was lovely, so I'm going to go with Adam. You're going to go with Adam's story about noses actually shrinking a little when you tell a lie, unlike Pinocchio's which grew. All right, well, we spoke to someone familiar with the story to bring you the correct answer. If I were trying to detect a lie from a real Pinocchio, I would not use a thermal camera. I would actually just use a tape measure. That was Don Grapel, a former CIA polygraph examiner, talking about Pinocchio and the effect of shrinking noses. Congratulations, you got it right. You've earned a point for Adam Felder. Thank you. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And now the game where famous people are asked about obscure things. We call it Not My Job. People who visit Orlando are excited about the theme parks, like Dinosaur World and Gatorland. <laughs> but the people who live here are most excited about their basketball team, their Orlando Magic, and its star small forward, Aaron Gordon. Aaron joins us now. Aaron Gordon, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to have you. All right, all right, all right. We got fans. I, I got to ask you, I, I should admit, I'm not, you know, conversant with, like, the basketball stuff. How is it that someone the size of the Statue of Liberty <laughs> is a small forward? I would like to think of myself as a powerful small forward. Right. You know, it's just like kind of a mixture of a couple of different is, is, is there's like a power forward and then there's a small forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like a lot of, maybe a hyphen. In hyphen, there. yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is the power forward more of a ball hog? Because it sounds like the small forward is nicer and shares the ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, when it comes to rebounding, yes. Okay. The power uh, forward can just be his ball hog-ish as he'd like to be. <laughs> Now, we found out something interesting. You did a lot of sports growing up, as we might expect from a, a guy of your talents, but you also played hockey. Yes. Yes. Ice hockey. So what, what ultimately made you choose uh, basketball over hockey? Um, I just kind of had a natural affinity for basketball. Your whole family is, yeah. is a family of basketball players. Your, your parents played? Your father played? Yep. Dad played at uh, San Diego State. Yeah. And, um, and your brother plays pro ball? Uh, he played pro ball overseas. He's been to a, a bunch of places. So he, he plays, and then my sister played at uh, Harvard. Right. And she was, so she was a Harvard basketball player, and I play. Right. So I imagine... Your, your friendly games are out at home are absolutely oh, vicious. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. they were, they were uh, gruesome at really? times. Do you guys, because I, I know that one of the things the NBA is known for is trash talk. Do you trash talk your siblings? Oh, definitely. All right, tell me something. <laughs> All right, let's go with what you say to your sister. Uh, it's kind of like the same. I'm the youngest. Right. So um, just by nature, I'm the most annoying. Right, of course. That's, that's your role. I have a younger brother. So yeah. More like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. I'm better. You're not. You know yeah. what I mean? Along the lines of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it. I mean, just do you like leave your NBA contract out on a table? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I left this here. Let me pick it up. <laughs> oh, some money fell out of my pocket. Let me grab that as well. <laughs> so here you are in Orlando. You're playing ball. What kind of town is it for playing basketball? Um, it's a great city. Yeah. Um, it's uh, fans are awesome. I, I've, I've, always, I've always wondered about this because everybody knows that sports fans get very passionate. Do you guys care as much as like we do about whether you win or lose? Oh man, that's a great question. You know, it, it's, uh, 
it's, they're really fanatics, you know. In, yeah, in every, I know. In every sense of the word, you yeah. know, they're. Uh, I think they care about it equally, if not more, than we do. Really? Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. Do you ever feel like looking at the fans and going, guys, it's a game. Nobody died. <laughs> oh, We're yeah. all actually friends. Yeah, they like look me in my eyes and say, I hate you. Well, I don't think I did anything to deserve that, but you know, I'm just gonna cordially beat your team. But I actually, one of this, I guess, hockey. The fans are closer because on the other side of the glass, but there's glass. You guys are like closest to the fans of any professional sport. You actually sometimes fall on top of them. Yes. And is that weird? I mean, has have you ever, have you ever like 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 has some, one guy in like sitting down front like a Jack Nicholson type ever like said something to you like right in your face? Oh no! See, I think they understand that there's no barrier. Right. You know <laughs> what I mean? So uh, like in hockey, there's that glass barrier. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like having. Um, two dogs on opposite sides of the gate. You yeah. know, like they're like barking at each other. Yeah. But then when you leave, leave the gate, they're like, oh, okay, just, you know, sniff each other. <laughs> you know? So there's no, there's no barriers. So the fans kind of keep it to themselves because, you know, we have access to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had to console a fan that was upset with your performance? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. And how do you do that? How do you approach that? Hey, it's okay. I understand you, you're very into this game right now. <laughs> I'm going to continue to do what I do. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and they, and they, they're, like, they're like, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I, they don't really talk after that. You yeah. You, you are known for, for, for your enthusiasm for the slam dunk contest. Yes. 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 And, and, and uh, you, did, you did a slam dunk in which you vaulted on top of and then over the mascot. Yeah. And, and you, just, you just go up to the mascot and say, you're just going to stand there and I'm going to jump up, put my hands in your head and go over you and you're going to hold up the ball. And the mascot was like, okay. <laughs> the, mascot, he's like, the mascot does not say no it's, it's, to Aaron Gordon. It's actually, it's really funny because uh, Stuff the Magic Dragon, he's a great mascot. You know what I mean? He's a great mascot. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, just like green dragon. He has these uh, stars on the top of his head. And... Um, when I was practicing, I, I couldn't get the grip of the ball right. So I was like, stuff, buddy. <laughs> you might need to take the stars off your head. And he was really gonna take one for the team. He was a team player. And we did it and I got the dunk, but I could just see the sadness in his mascot. Like, in his body language, like he had, he had lost a part of himself with the stars, you know? So, yeah, so we were like, okay, we put the stars back on his head. It, it, it just, I had to make it work for the sake of him. Uh, that's, that's a heartwarming story. Yeah, that's my good friend these days. Well, Aaron Gordon, we have invited you here to play a game we're calling Abracadabra. You play for the Orlando Magic, but what do you know about real magic, by which we mean magic shows? <laughs> we're going to ask you three questions about great magicians, answer two of them correctly, and you will win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice on their voicemail. Bill, who is Aaron playing for? Hal Ray of Tampa, Florida. Okay, Florida boy. All right, here we go. All right. Here's your first question. One of the great magicians of the late 19th century was Harry Keller. How did Keller learn to do his greatest trick 
the levitating woman? Was it A, he was a practicing Buddhist who attained enlightenment and was given control over gravity? <laughs> B, he tied the woman to a thousand trained fleas who flew her upward? <laughs> or C, he walked up on stage while another magician was doing the trick, ran around back to see what was done, and then ran away? <laughs> I'm going to go with the latter one. You're correct. All right, all right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it was pretty daring, but that's yeah. how you get to be a legend of magic. <laughs> all right, second question. Let's see if you do as well. Another great magician of that golden era of magic was Carter the Great. And one of his famous tricks was which of these? A, the magical divorce, a trick in which he made his own <laughs> wife disappear. <laughs> B, the disappearing theater, in which the entire audience found itself in a suddenly vacant lot sitting on their butts. Oh, or that. C, the vaguely disquieting meal in which Carter ate an ear of corn raw. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to go with B. You're going to go with B, the disappearing theater. All of a sudden, everybody was out there sitting on their butts in a field. That's the one. That's the one. He picked it, and sadly, he missed this shot. No, I'm afraid. Uh, dang. So it was actually the magical divorce. He made his wife disappear. His wife eventually decided that wasn't funny. <laughs> so he changed so she, the name. She was still around. She's still around. She stayed married to him, but he okay. changed the name of the trick to the Phantom Bride. So this is your last question. If you get this right, you win. Okay. Some magicians have been able to use their skills in real life, such as in which of these? A, Doug Henning, who used to skip out on dinner checks by making himself disappear during dessert. <laughs> B, Penn Gillette, who for three years has made himself look like he's lost 100 pounds by constantly surrounding himself with trick mirrors. <laughs> or C, David Copperfield, who once made his wallet disappear while he was being mugged. I'm going to go with Copperfield. And You're going to go with David Copperfield. That's right, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. He says he was being mugged uh, outside. He was walking to his car after performance. Some guy came up, tried to mug him, and he made his watch, wallet, and passport disappear. Oh, man. Bill, how did Aaron do in our quiz? Two out of three is a win. Congratulations. Yes. Aaron Gordon is the small forward for the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, right. thank, thank you for joining us in Orlando Magic. Aaron Gordon, everybody. All right. In just a minute, Bill sits on his phone in the listener limerick challenge. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more. Wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Hinge. Hinge is the dating app that's great at one thing, setting you up on great dates. And they're not just saying that. On Hinge, three out of four first dates lead to second dates. They are the number one mobile first dating app mentioned in the New York Times wedding section. Uh-huh. So if you're looking for a BFF, a job, a pen pal, or a hookup, Hinge isn't the place for you. Hinge is exclusively designed to get you out on great dates, Download Hinge in the Apple Store or Google Play. How much would you pay to avoid morning traffic? Why are plane tickets to Boise so expensive? I'm Cardiff Garcia, co-host of The Indicator. In every episode, we take on a new unexpected idea to help you make sense of the day's news. Listen every afternoon on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Mo Rocca, 
Tara Clancy and Adam Felber. And here again is your host at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill is guilty of high rhymes and misdemeanors in our listener limerick challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Okay, panel, some more questions for you about the week's news. Mo, as younger people fill the workforce, more and more companies are offering employees a chance to bring their what to work. Okay, yeah, thanks. It's like The Price is Right suddenly, okay. <laughs> no, no, uh, it is not no, like The no, Price is it's, Right. It's, it's probably their, their pets. No, not okay, their pets. Okay, all right. That's old. Um, thanks, audience. Their spouses. Not their spouses. Their children. Not their children. They're, Mistresses. <laughs> they're um, they're um, they're able to bring. Give me a clue. You got everybody but the people we're talking about. They're in. You don't want to bring your in-laws. Not your in-laws. Uh, uh, you're getting closer. Uh, uh, you're getting closer. Okay, your children. Your children. Your parents. Your parents. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> bring your parents to work day is a thing that is happening. If you can't believe your child is qualified for gainful employment after spending their teenage years staring at screens. Take advantage of Bring Your Parents to Work Day. Come down and watch them stare at screens, but for money. <laughs> These events, which companies are actually having, are for young people who want to show their parents they're doing well, right? And to hear their mom come down to the workplace, look around, see the, see all the amenities, and say, what a fun place to work, but why do you guys spell grinder without an E? <laughs> I just tell her it's an app for finding the nearest coffee shop. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a parent of, of kids that are too young to work. Yes. But I would think Never that when young. they become a, a, of working age, the one sign that I would have that they weren't really ready to join the workforce yeah. is if they wanted me to come visit them at work. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't th I'm trying to think about my father, like, you know, bringing my father to work. When I had my first ever piece of published writing, it yes. was in the New York Times, of all places, yeah. right? First published Heard of them. piece. Heard, Heard of them. them. I called my father, and I'm like, Dad, I got my first published piece of the New York Times. And he's like, in earnest, you didn't try for the post? <laughs> I want to bring your grandfather to work and throw darts at his leg <laughs> and freak my colleagues out. <laughs> Adam, the Golden Bridge in Vladivostok, Russia, is the easiest way to get to the city center, but it's closed to pedestrians. So four men who wanted to get across it decided to do what? Pretend to be vehicles. That's right. What? <laughs> They dressed, they disguised themselves oh, that's good. in a giant bus costume. Also, they had to get a group together. Yeah, they got a group together. There'd be four of them. The vehicle-only bridge had its usual traffic of cars, trucks, and buses when somebody noticed that one of the buses had eight legs. And so these four guys in a bus costume made it about halfway across the bridge before being stopped by police who instructed the people inside to immediately back up off the bridge, and of course the guys all started going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> A 
Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one wait wait That's one 8924 or click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows back at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. My name's Sarah Diamond Patterson. I'm calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville is great. Knoxville is the only city in Tennessee I've not been to. I've been to Memphis many times, Nashville. If Memphis is known for blues and Nashville is known for country music, is there like is Knoxville known for like emo? Football, baby. Football. It's all about Tennessee, Tennessee. football. I understand. You sound so thrilled. <laughs> no, it's just... It's, it's not a great year, and we live and die with the Tennessee balls down here. Oh. Well, welcome to the show, Sarah. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on two of the limericks, you'll be a winner. Ready to play? Yes, sir. All right, Sarah. Here's your first limerick. I can't keep a significant other. I will nag, fight, repel, or just smother. An inherited trait leaves me doomed to just date. Every time I split up, I blame... My mother? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Yeah. It's, it's not a tragedy, it's somebody else you can blame, Sarah. <laughs> According to a new study released this week, next time you're blaming your mom for things, you can add in how bad you are at dating. The study took 24 years to complete and it compared the romantic behavior of 3,200 mothers and their children. Mamma mia, that's a lot of mamas. <laughs> Basically, children pick up their mother's approach to dating and relationships, you see. So the creepy things you do, which doom your chances, that's all mom. But don't worry, she didn't sext people out of the blue like you do. She used a fax machine. <laughs> Here, Sarah, is your next limerick. With online game Bloodlust, I'm grunting. And my pure vegan heart, I'm affronting. To this veggie's shame, I'm loving big game. In this video game, I am... Hunting. Yes, yeah. hunting. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the hot new Western-themed video game from the makers of Grand Theft Auto, but instead of carjacking prostitutes, now you're horsejacking prostitutes. Also, in the game, you have to spend hours hunting, killing, and butchering your own meat, which is making vegetarian gamers very uncomfortable. Sorry, wimps. This is the Wild West. You can't order a quinoa tempeh wrap. This, this is a manly video game about riding horses and collecting pretty jewels. <laughs> Video games are getting so realistic, you might as well just live, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, but no. <laughs> it would be cool if all video games have to deal with real-world stuff, like Mr. and Ms. Pac-Man have to go to counseling. <laughs> Mario has to forget about rescuing the princess because he has an emergency call to unclog somebody's toilet. <laughs> Hello, yeah, it's he me, Mario. Oh, no, what'd you flush it down to there? <laughs> <laughs> I blame my mom for all of this, by the way. It's all her fault. All right, here, sorry, is your last limit. Many phones have been harmed by our strut. Rear pockets leave screens scratched and cut. At Samsung, we thought, we must sit, squeeze, and squat. So we're building a fake robot. But. But. <laughs> 
Reporters, reporters <clears throat> recently got a very rare look into Samsung's mobile quality test lab where they saw this giant robotic butt wearing blue jeans rapidly going up and down, basically a twerking robot. At which point a lab technician feverishly explained, oh, that, that's for testing phones, yes, testing phones. <laughs> is it for butt dialing? Or? No, oh. it's, it, what they do is they put a phone in the back pocket of these jeans ah. and then have the robot going boom, boink, boink, ah. sit down as it were. Thus the taking jobs away from hard work yeah, in regular butt. butts. Yeah. I know. It's an outrage. <clears throat> This robot is... My daddy was a butt tester. His daddy was a butt tester. <laughs> and his daddy before him was a butt tester in the Civil War. What am I supposed to do with my butt now? <laughs> Bill, how did Sarah do on our quiz? I hope she's still excited because she got them all right. Congratulations, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming, Sarah. Thank you for everything. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Bombas. Bombas has re-engineered socks for ultimate comfort by getting rid of that annoying toe seam, adding arch support and using some of the world's softest cotton. And for every pair purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. To date, they've sold and donated over 10 million pairs. To feel the Bombas difference, go to bombas.com slash wait for 20% off your first order. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Tara and Mo each have three, and Adam has five. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah. What happened? Now, hold on, hold on. I demand recount, and I want a hand recount. <laughs> okay, let's see. Three, three, five. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. All right, fine. I think we have to accept the results of Bill Curtis's count and move on. Yeah. <laughs> Mo, we have flipped a coin. Mo has decided to go first. The clock will start when they begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blocked a bipartisan bill aimed at protecting blanks investigation. Uh, it, it, Mullers. Right. On Monday, Kristen Cinema was declared the winner of Jeff Flake's Senate seat in blank. Arizona. Right. This week, rescue workers continue to fight the blanks blazing through California. The wildfires. Right. Uh, on Wednesday, Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for blank, was arrested on charges of domestic violence. Uh, Stormy Daniels. Yes, indeed. This week, the minister in charge of Japan's cybersecurity team told Parliament that he has never blanked. That he's probably never used email. Oh, uh, it's even worse that he's never he's used a computer. Yes. Yes. You, at a bankruptcy hearing on Tuesday, a judge approved Blank's plan to sell 500 of its stores. Sears. Right. Thanks to a declining user base, online review site Blank lost 30% of its value this month. Yelp. Yelp. Yes, yes, Yelp. This week, this week, an explosion in a small town in Texas that could be felt 15 miles away was traced back to blank. Oh, I have heard about this. It was an exploding wedding dress. It was an exploding yeah. wedding dress. <laughs> yes. yes, it was. <laughs> Kimberly Sandelbin Steitler let everyone in her life and her town know I'm fine, okay, when she threw a divorce party for herself. And the highlight was when she rigged her wedding dress with 20 pounds of explosives. She was hoping to get it down to 15 pounds before but, the big day. Yeah, but yeah. 
Bill, how did Mo do in our quiz? Mo got eight right for 16 more points and a total of 19. This right. is oh, amazing. Under protest. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, Tara, you're up next. Fill in the blank. In an effort to reinstate reporter Jim Acosta's press pass, blank sued the White House. CNN. Yes. On Thursday, the defense minister of blank resigned over a proposed ceasefire in Gaza. The defense minister in Israel. Yes. This week, the New York Times reported that social media site blank had intentionally ignored Russian hackers. Facebook. Right. On Wednesday, Republicans named Representative Kevin McCarthy as the incoming blank. Uh, uh, majority leader... Minority leader. Yes. Yeah, sorry. This week, police in West Virginia. <laughs> this week, police in West Virginia assured residents that the seemingly rabid raccoons spotted in the neighborhood weren't dangerous, just blank. Drunk. Yes, on fermented crab apples. <laughs> yeah. On Thursday, the FDA launched new rules aimed at curbing underage blanking. Vaping. Yes. A British store made news this week by selling a new type of holiday wreath you hang on your blank. You nose. No, your nipples. <laughs> Good King Wenceslas, that's gotta hurt. British company Boohoo is selling tiny nipple wreaths oh you hang. Well, like they say, because nothing says Christmas cheer like your weird aunt who won't stop unbuttoning her shirt <laughs> to show you her Yule boobs. <laughs> Bill, how did Tara do in our quiz? You know, she did pretty good. Six more, right? Uh, Twelve, right? Fifteen is your total. Of course, you trail Mo is 19, but uh, good going. All Just right. Me. All right. So how many then does Mr. Felber need to win? He could tie it at seven. He could win it at eight. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Here we go. This Adam. is under protest. This is amazing. Here we go. On Thursday, the U.S. announced sanctions against 17 Saudis for their role in the death of journalist blank. Kashagi. Rest. Officials said that they've arrested about a dozen members of the blank as they tried to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. Caravan. Right. This week, the Department of Justice released a letter defending the appointment of Matt Whitaker as acting blank. Attorney General. Right. On Wednesday, Baltimore became the first major U.S. city to ban the privatization of blank. To ban the privatization of what was? What do you think that is? <laughs> Water. Yes. I knew that one. This week, a Missouri man was arrested after sneaking into a zoo after it closed and blanking. Cuddling with one of the animals. No, he, he was arrested after he went in and commanded the animals to eat the zookeeper. Oh. This week, the Pentagon said the number of troops at the blank will likely max out just below 6,000. Border. Right, best known as the co-creator of Marvel Comics, Blank passed away at the age of 95 this week. Stanley. Right, after a passenger in a flight in Japan complained repeatedly about not having a window seat, the flight attendants responded by blanking. Tossing them out the door. No, they handed him a napkin with a drawing of a window. Oh, after the man complained about his seat during drink service, one of the flight attendants rushed to the front of the plane. After a few minutes, she came back with a napkin that she had drawn a window on, complete with clouds, a beautiful view of the ocean, and she taped it up next to the man. Unfortunately, this wasn't enough to satisfy him, and he continued making a fuss until the flight attendant threatened to tape up a picture of the wing on fire. <laughs> Bill, did Adam do well enough to win? Well, he came close. Well, count it again. Six right, 12 more points, total of 17. Mo is our winner. Ah. In just a minute, in just a minute, we will ask our panelists to predict, now that Amazon has selected its new homes, what would be the next thing American cities fight each other over? 
Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our interns are Catherine Coates and Zoe Lowenberg. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our bippity-boppity-boo is Peter Guindarella. Technical direction from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next thing cities compete over? Adam Felber. They will compete to take in all the refugees from Brexit, providing work for thousands of bartenders, dentists, and chefs who can provide food without gluten or flavor. <laughs> Tara Clancy. Uh, they will compete over a Charmin factory, you know, as in a place that creates products that removes crap from its residents, as opposed to a place like Amazon, which inundates them with more of it. And Mo Rocca. Inland American cities will compete to be the future refuge for people who live on the coasts for when the inevitable storm surge overtakes those cities, making them unlivable. The winner will be Utica, New York, because that's where Roy Blunt Jr.'s wife, Joan, told me is a place with a clean water supply and affordable housing. In fact, she sent me a listing for a Victorian-era brick five-bedroom for $249,000. We'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Adam Felber, Tara Clancy, and Mo Rocca. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando. Everybody at WMFE. Sam Loomis, the finest guide in the kingdom. And thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal. We will see you next week. is NPR.